Welcome to Keystone Education Radio, the podcast for all things focused on education in Pennsylvania. Now here's your host, Annette Stevenson. Not far outside of Pittsburgh, Upper St. Clair School District prides itself on its reputation for academic excellence. The district has developed five unique programs to immerse students in learning and equip them with life-ready skills. These programs include student leadership academies, a summer STEAM academy, shop at USC, partner programs, which includes shop at USC and partners in PE, and smart desk. Today we are at the 2019 PASA PSBA School Leadership Conference, where we have the privilege of talking with John Razzo, Superintendent of Upper St. Clair School District, and Amy Fender, Assistant to the Superintendent. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for having us. So let me kick off by asking you, how did you land on these five programs? Talk a little bit about the catalyst moment for you. So for our presentation, we will, the title of our presentation is Beyond Academics um, and really focusing on preparing students for life readiness, uh, whether that's going to college, entering the workforce. And while we place a, a large and important emphasis on academics in our school district, we also recognize that we need to do more to help prepare them for the world after K-12. Sure. And part of sharing these programs today is as we, um, each of the programs that we're sharing in our presentation have been in effect in our school district for quite some time. Our Student Leadership Academy, for example, just celebrated its 10th anniversary. Oh, wow. And so we have other programs that are in development. Some are already in implementation phase, but we felt these five were, were developed to a point enough where we felt that we would be able to share meaningful information with others that if they choose to want to replicate or implement in their district, um, that we've developed it enough that we're at that point. So that's kind of why we selected these five versus some I of the see. other okay. programs and initiatives that we have in place currently. So some of them have been around longer than others. Yes, for okay. sure. Understood. And so your partner programs, Shop at USC and Partners in PE, bring special education students and their peers together. And this relationship is, of course, valuable for both student groups. What kind of interaction have you seen between these students? And, and what do you think are some of the lifelong lessons they might take away? So I think it really begins with culture. Um, we are very fortunate to have um, amazing students and peers and as a district, we pride ourselves on our philosophy of inclusion. Um, but in terms of lifelong lessons, you see it growing as something small, and then by the time students are in their junior, senior years, a partner with their special education peer, they're going to the mall together on Friday nights. Right. And that's a real natural kind of friendship and something that I think when you talk to parents of students with special needs, and particularly our life skills students, this is something that those, the students long for. And so they're going out on a Friday night with a peer or a buddy. Um, this is also, we have a friends program and we do best buddies. And so it's really, in some ways, it starts as service leadership, mm -hmm. but then it really connected to our leadership academies, but then it grows into a friendship on both ends. And our partners have commented that I get as much from my special education partner, peer, mm -hmm. as they get from me, and sometimes I'm getting even more. And I think they learn advocacy. Mm -hmm. um, they are strong advocates, and we've actually had the experience where our homecoming king and queen have been top special education students. So you just see it growing as a culture. Mm -hmm. What a fantastic connectivity to form, you know? Yes. Student leadership academies are offered to students in grades 
4 through 12, I understand. Do you regularly see students return to these academies throughout their educational career? We do, we do. So the, uh, the Student Leadership Academies actually started at our high school 10 years ago, uh, and then they grew out into our middle schools. We have a seventh, eighth grade middle school and a five, six building, and then we have three elementary schools that are all K to four. And so at the outset of this initiative, it was just offered to students at the high school level. Now we offer it at all three levels oh, wow. and in all six buildings in the school district. But to answer your question, yes, uh, we do see a high retention rate. We do see a lot of students returning, students participate in elementary level, then participate again in middle school uh, and in high school. So we've been very fortunate to get a lot of good feedback from our students so that we help improve our programming and ultimately continue to have them coming back to participate. Great. Tell me about the summer months. You intentionally hold programming over the summer months? We do, yes. So the Student Leadership Academy is a week long. Um, it's a half day each. And so there are a couple reasons why we, we, we placed it in the summer. Um, initially at the high school, one of the main reasons that we placed it in the summer is to allow for schedule flexibility for oh, our sure. students. Mm -hmm. So at our high school level, our students who participate in, this, in the Leadership Academy for the week long, they actually receive a credit for it. Uh, it's a pass-fail credit, hmm. but for the a semester, the first or second semester, um, they can have open mods in their schedule or they can choose to select something else uh, in terms of their schedule. But one of the things we hear from our students is that they need more open time in their schedules. And sure. there's such a heavy academic load. And by offering more summer programming and giving credit for it, that has allowed us to create greater flexibility for our students. So we've received a tremendous amount of positive feedback. The other thing that helped drive the summer programming is when we got feedback from our constituents, particularly our parents, mm -hmm. is a lot of our parents and a lot of our families were enrolling our students in summer programs and taking them to different camps. Mm -hmm. And we thought, why don't we offer that here? Yeah. Uh, we can offer that here with our own staff and make it more accessible and uh, easier for students to participate. And so based off of some of that feedback, that's also why we, we placed it in the summer. Sounds like that makes a lot of sense because the schedules get so busy during the, the academic calendar year. They do, for sure. So since the Summer STEAM Academy began in 2011, have you experienced students making educational choices and then later career choices that may have been influenced by an interest in STEAM, perhaps something that they came to understand through the program? So I think that's a hard question to gauge sure. when we already have students who are interested naturally in STEAM. Um, we have a large population of students who are very advanced in their math skills, so they are looking for those summer opportunities to kind of do interest-based programming, okay. also credit-bearing as well. Um, but we do have students recognizing their teachers, mm -hmm. that this teacher motivated them, and when you do the connection back, lots of times it's tied to a STEAM activity, a fab lab, sculpture. Um, it's a really unique way for students to tap into individual interests over the summer, um, and that program starts at 9 and goes until 2 on Monday through Friday for an entire week, and they're really getting really great exposure to one area of interest, mm -hmm. but then those interests, those topics change from year to year, so a student could do the STEAM Academy every summer sure. and continue to grow their interests. So I do think it's difficult to say for sure, and mm -hmm. I don't know if we've actually ever even really surveyed our students mm -hmm. to get that information, but we do know that they are influenced by their teachers who are creating that passion for them and also listening to them. So if a student says one summer, I'd really like to learn this, the teachers involved in the, pr the summer programming will take that feedback and work throughout the school year then to offer that as a topic 
um, mm -hmm. the following summer. Yeah, so, so there's some exchange of information there that's maybe mm -hmm. helping even to inform the educator on the educator side. Yes. Sounds like. So similarly with the Smart Desk program, do you feel like there's been any sort of connection drawn with the interest in technology? And obviously you might have students that are already know that they're interested, have some interest in technology, but are you seeing that sort of tie as well? Yeah, for sure. A lot of our uh, Smart Desk students, so our Smart Desk operates similarly to, um, to STEAM Academy and to the um, Leadership Academy and that students get credit for it. Okay. And so all the programs actually that we're presenting are in our presentations are, are available for credit for students. Sure. And so our Smart Desk program, a lot of the students that participate in it, what they do is they're actually working in our Student Resource Center in mm -hmm. our school, in our high school, and they're providing service to both staff and students. And to date, we've had over 2,500 of our technology help districts over the past five years have been responded to and addressed by our student smart desk workers. Oh, wow. Um, so it's a great concept. Uh, it's really helped grow students' interest. And to answer your question, yes, we see a lot of our students who are smart desk, uh, who participate in smart desk, yeah. do elect technology-related majors when they go into college. Okay. We've hired several of them to come back, and they do summer internships with us. Oh, in fact, great. we just transitioned to a new building in our district, a new central office building. And part of the team that was working on that transition from the technology side of it were actually former students that were on oh, our smart desk. So it's pretty cool, cool to see that yeah. come full circle. That's great. What great experience. So coming up in your presentation today, you're touching on the smart desk program and the impact on female involvement in recent years. How were you able to evoke more interest in STEAM-related program for female students? Or, or has that been the case? Yes, we de so right now at our high school, we have uh, 22 smart desk students participating in smart desk. A third of them are females. Okay. Uh, at its inception, I think we had one female participant. Oh. So it has grown tremendously. It's hard to pinpoint what has contributed to that. Yeah. Uh, we've been more intentional with exposing our students. We have a women's and a STEM leadership event, STEAM mm -hmm. leadership event, excuse me, at the high school where we bring leaders from the field in STEAM-related professions, females, to speak to our student body, particularly female students. Mm -hmm. uh, that it, coupled with, we actually have uh, one of our technology staff members, female technology staff members, has presented to our students to almost try to recruit them and to get better educate them around, this is what the smart desk entails. Sure. And so um, I think those two events in particular have helped. I'm sure there are other reasons for that, but yeah. we're just glad to see that you know the, the whole premise of all of these programs is we want them to be available to all students. Mm -hmm. And so at the, at the outset of the Smart Desk, we definitely saw that it wasn't balanced with females versus males participating. Mm -hmm. um, and it's still not 50-50, but to grow to a third of our population now being females, we're really happy about that. Great. And I also think that at our younger levels, um, more exposures happening in those STEAM-related fields, so it's growing that momentum mm -hmm. to increase the interest from the female level mm -hmm. um, and looking at coding and some of those um, science and technology connections. So I think starting earlier, we're also seeing um, kind of the product of that mm -hmm. as well, too, as we've looked at our curriculum from the K The earlier exposure yes. is perhaps creating that maybe bigger wave towards yes. the upper grades. Fantastic. So if other school districts are looking to engage students outside of the typical classroom environment, what kind of guidance would you have for them just as they get started in thinking about that and planning for it? Yeah, you know, one of the simple pieces of feedback we're, we'll share today in our presentation is really start small. 
okay. and continue to grow it and don't try to you know build the castle the first time so right. to speak and so when you look at any of our programs um, the Student Leadership Academy, the STEAM Academy, the Smart Desk, they all started at our high school. Now they're spread out throughout our entire district. Okay. So we have Smart Desk in our middle schools too. Well, that wasn't where we were at originally. That's mm -hmm. not what our starting point where we were at. Um, and I think the other piece that's really been helpful to us is all of these for us, we have a very unique curriculum recommendation review process that occurs twice a year that involves all stakeholders. And so mm -hmm. I think what's ultimately contributed to the success of all these programs is when we go through the approval and the analysis process, it involves everyone from teachers, administrators, community members, school board members, students. You get feedback from all those constituents. And so that really helps put things in line to, to move the initiative forward. And so I think the fact that we start small, have realistic expectations mm -hmm. out of the gate, and then make sure we're getting buy-in from all the appropriate constituents um, has really been essential in the effectiveness of the programs for us. So start small and you started at certain grade levels and grew to um, increase that across other grade levels. Is And you mentioned that some of these programs are older and newer than others. So what was sort of the uh, duration or t you know length of time it took to kind of roll all of these various programs out? Do you have any sense of that? Yeah, I think it varied by program. Yeah. Uh, the Student Leadership Academy, um, it, it really initially came out of leadership training for the administrative team. And mm -hmm. then we thought, of, we took that and said, how can we apply this? How can we offer something similar to our students? And so it started at the high school and then eventually went to the middle schools, elementary. That particular initiative probably took about four or five years okay. before we expanded it throughout the district. The smart desk in year two, we started to expand into the middle school and we really haven't gone below our seventh and eighth grade middle school because developmentally it didn't fit as well sure. uh, in the elementary schools. And, and plus at the time um, we were one-to-one -one technology seven through 12, and so it fit more naturally there. But it, it just varies, varies okay. by initiative. Okay. Um, and so it's it's progressed differently depending on But it may require a few years to kind of oh, see it fully developed out. Absolutely. So reasonable yes. expectations would be And flexibility important. too, because I don't think that any one of these has officially landed where we actually thought okay. it would. So, you know, you kind of start with a vision, yeah. but you have to be flexible in that because if you say that this is the way it's going to be and not listen to the feedback that's happening. So, you know, when we think about shop at USC, it's not, we thought that it would be this very much self-sustaining kind of business for mm -hmm. the district, but it ended up being about the kids. So the business side is important, but it's what the kids, all the students are gaining from that and what the community sees in terms of the culture. So we had to shift hmm. what we thought our yeah. end game would be because it clearly was about what the student experience needed to be. So being flexible as you get to that end game. So learn as you go and, and be adaptive. For sure. Is there a place where listeners can find out more about your programs? Should they come to your website? Where can they kind of read up more on that? Yeah, I would say our, our, our district website would probably be the the best place to find the information and um, okay. you know just Google Upper St. Clair School District take you to the website and then we have an information tab which has links to all the programs. Great. And for a lot of them too since they are identified as summer programs they can search for like the summer um, catalog and these courses and their descriptions are listed there as well if people would like oh, to great. get some insight on what past offerings have been as well too. Great, good to know, and we'll include your website on this link to this episode so folks can find out more information. So I wanna thank you both for sharing all of this great information. I know you're gonna be sharing more information 
today at the conference with more audience members, but thank you for sharing for this listenership. Thank Thank you you. very much. Thank you for having us. This podcast is produced by the Pennsylvania School Boards Association and was sponsored in part by sponsors CM Regent and SurfPro. Listeners, I encourage you to go to our website at keyedradio.org for more on today's discussion and for past episodes covering a wide range of other education-related topics. This is Annette Stevenson saying thank you for listening to Keystone Education Radio. The views and opinions expressed on the Keystone Education Radio podcast are solely the views and opinions of our guests and do not reflect the views and opinions of the Pennsylvania School Boards Association. Thank you.